0: Good morning. How are we doing? We okay? Enjoying the summertime? It's nice. I I like church in the summer. I didn't used to like it, but I like it now. I don't know why. I quite like the chilled, you know, enjoying it and seeing new people come in and people going on holiday and coming back refreshed. And it's great to see people this morning coming back from holiday. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm finishing this series, which is go for the loss, making disciples. And I want to speak about the loss this morning, because I think if we understand What God carries in his heart for the lost, then, you know, we can understand a little bit about who God is and we can understand what God's like towards the lost. Does that make sense? And I I just come up with this thing this morning, you know, what do you carry in your heart? Or what do you carry with you about who God is? Because that's the most fundamental thing in our lives, understanding what God is like. If we understand what God's like, then we'll understand what God's like towards people. Am I making sense? If we've got the, what God's like wrong, then we'll behave wrong towards people. We'll behave our way towards people. And uh, I carry in my wallet. It really wasn't good when I told Sarah what I was doing. I was explaining what I was doing. And I said, I carry in my wallet, you know, what's precious to me. And I've got two photographs. I've got a photograph of the girls in my wallet. Is that nice? 11. Grace is 11. She goes to high school in September. And Olivia is 8, going on 25. And um, they're both amazing. But I carry them in my wallet because they're precious to me. And if I'm away somewhere or somewhere, I can always, when I open my wallet, realize that they're precious to me. Anybody else carry them in a wallet? I I think I'm a bit of an older generation over a certain age now. Most people don't carry wallets now because everything's going to be in the phone. So they carry selfies generally. Isn't it funny? Most people take more selfies today than they do with pictures of other people. And, um, you know, a lot of people carry a photo maybe of people on their phone. I'm a little bit older than that. I still have an old wallet. Get that? I know yours is on your phone and you pay with your phone and all that kind of stuff, but I still like a wallet and I'm holding on to it. But I also know it's important to carry on with this new, younger generation who've got it on their phone. But um, I did say to Sarah, you know, I've got, doing this, but I've got two photos of the girls. And she said, yeah, I do notice. I'm like, Oh, yeah, I haven't got a photo of Sarah in my wallet. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, but when I look at the girls, I see you anyway. But no, so I have put a photo of Sarah just at the side there in the wallet to get out of that and make sure it's in for this morning. But uh, look, what's important to us, you know, we carry dear to us in our hearts. If you love football, you'll carry football in your heart. If you love God, you'll carry God in your heart. So this morning, I want to speak to you about what picture do you carry? What are you carrying in your heart of what God's like? Because out of that picture or out of that image will come how we are with our neighbor. Will come how we are with ourselves. Will come how we are with how we respond to God if we've got a right image. Does that make sense? So this morning, I want to speak about this. What image do we carry? Because if we have a right image towards God about what God's like and then also understand what God is like with people and with lost people then that is well how we will behave towards lost people and I think it's really important Jesus came to carry an image he didn't have a wallet he didn't have a bag he just came to carry an image let's read what it says in one in John 1 verse 18. It says, no one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. So God, who's never been seen, is now being seen. How is he seen? He's seen through Jesus Christ. If you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the revealed of the invisible God. Making sense? So Jesus' job was to carry an image, and his image is the Father in heaven. So whatever I do, I will do as the Father does in heaven. I am the same as my Father in heaven. So Jesus' job was to carry an image, and that image was the image of the Father. Not just an image of what he looked like, but the heart of the Father. So Jesus came to reveal, make known, bring into your neighborhood, into your life, into this world, what God is really like. So if you want to know what God's like, we look at Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is the very heart of God. And sometimes we can read the truth and know the truth, but actually if we really grasp the heart or the spirit of God, we begin to be impacted on the inside by who God really is. And God reveals who He is to us through His Son, when we believe in Him, but by the Holy Spirit revealing that truth in us once we believed in Jesus Christ. God is the revealer of, of, it, of himself. He's the revealer of his Son, and reveals the truth through His spirit when we, we believe in Jesus Christ. Am I making sense? So this morning I want to speak about this image that we carry, and especially an image that we carry towards lost people, because we're all lost. We've all been lost. We may have suffered loss that makes us feel lost, but we've all fallen short of God's glory. We've all been disconnected from God. So if we can understand God's attitude towards the lost, I think it will help us to understand and how we act and attitude towards one another and towards lost people. So let's read what Jesus does. Jesus is brilliant at correcting the image not only by his life and demonstrating it, but also by his words and the illustrations that he gives. So I'm going to look at three stories that Jesus gives to help us correct the image towards the lost or what the father's heart is like. So we've got Luke 15, and this is one to seven from the message. So the first story is the story of a lost sheep. The second story is the story of a lost coin. And the third story is the story of a lost son. So we're going to Go through each story. So the first one, Luke 15, verses 1 to 7 says, By this time, a lot of men and women of doubtful reputation were hanging around Jesus. Listening intently, the Pharisees and religious scholars were not pleased at all. Not at all pleased. They weren't very happy. They growled. You ever come across children that growl? We've got one child that growls at us what are you saying i'm not going to say the name they growl they're just having their frustration learning to communicate i'm sure we all do it at some point they growled he takes in sinners and eats meals with them treating them like old friends their grumbling triggered this story so these people did not have a right image of what god was like They thought they did. They were religious people and they thought they knew what God was like. But Jesus has to correct their image okay, through this story and then ultimately through his life. So he says, suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and lost one. Wouldn't you leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the lost one until you found it? When found, you can be sure you would put it across your shoulders rejoicing And when you got home, calling your friends and neighbors saying, celebrate with me. I've found my lost sheep. Count on it. There's more joy in heaven over one sinner's rescued life than over 99 good people in no need of rescue. So Jesus is giving this story to reveal an image of what God is really like. They have their image. They think they know what he's like, but Jesus is bringing the truth and the very heart of what God's like. You may think you know what God's like, but this is what he's really like. He goes after the one that's lost. And I like what he uses. He uses sheep. I mean, I'll read this story. I think I'm not really bothered if I lose a sheep because sheep don't really mean much to me. So it doesn't. In the context of what he's saying, sheep don't really matter to me. And I thought, what have I got that's precious to me? I lost something really precious the other week. I was devastated. I'm ringing Sarah, telling her I've lost it. I mean, my week, my weekend is over. My week is over. My month, my season is over. My Stoke City 2017-18 season ticket was lost. I mean, that's precious. To, that's more precious than sheep. I mean, who bothers with sheep? I go on holiday, and they stand in the road staring at me. It's like they don't even eat grass. They stand in the road. Grass, road, grass, road. Move. Anybody else come across sheep in the middle of the road? Was it just me they find? I mean, I, I, I go over. I was up console not far. I drive across the road. A stags in my road. I don't know why. A stag. I'm like, you never come across stags. Move out my way stares turns its head and looks at me but here's the deal right Jesus gives an illustration of sheep why because they're not the brightest they get lost now I'm not blaming the sheep I don't think Jesus is blaming the sheep I don't think he's got a problem with the sheep being lost in terms of them getting lost they just get lost because they put their head down and they eat what's in front of them and then they go on to the next bit oh this tastes nice that's yummy, that tastes nice. I'm enjoying myself here, I'm enjoying my day. I'll eat this, I'll try that, and all of a sudden, they look around and they don't know where they are. That's like us. We're based on our personal feelings and experiences and making sure we feel okay. So we just go after thing, after thing, after thing. You know, we're not deliberately rebelling or being naughty and all of a sudden, we're lost and we don't even know we're lost in this world. How have I ended up here? How have I ended up in this situation? I didn't do anything. I'm just lost. And we come to realisation in the world that we're lost. Now we know, if you're a believer, that it's God that we need ultimately. But people don't know that. They don't even know that they're lost. They're wandering around like lost sheep. And they're blaming them everything else. And they're blaming, even blame God or things. They don't even know how they got there. They just wandered eating what was in front of them. And they're lost. Jesus hasn't got a problem with them being lost. He understands they get lost. But the bigger picture is this. He has a heart for those that are lost. He does not blame them or point fingers at them. He simply has a heart to go after them. You don't know how they ended up there. I didn't know with my life how I ended up at 27 wanting to take my life and kill myself depressed. I knew I lost my dad and I lost relationships and I was broken. But it never felt like my fault. I didn't even know God. I didn't know nothing about God. And I just ended up being lost. God didn't judge me. He forgives me. More importantly, he blinking chased after me. I didn't even know he was knocking on my door. I didn't even know that he was in my neighborhood. I didn't even know that he loved me. But he was there and he hadn't moved. And he was seeking me with everything. So we can learn from this. Sheep, people, we just wander. And you may know people that are wandering. Let's not judge them. Let's just love them like God loved them. Let's look at the next story. I'm trying to give us an attitude towards people we've all been lost we've all wandered and we can still wander in areas of our lives with lack of discipline luke 158 to 10 says or imagine a woman who has 10 coins and loses one won't she light a lamp and scour the house looking in every nook and cranny until she finds it and when she finds it you can be sure she'll call her friends and neighbors Celebrate with me. I found my lost, lost coin. Count on it. That's the kind of party God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God. What an amazing heart God has. God's interested in the lost. I don't know if you know this. God is interested in lost people. And this illustration here, I look at it, and I think, you know, the coin didn't wander. The coin actually did nothing to get lost. Somebody lost the coin. You see what I'm saying? Some people are lost not because of their fault. They didn't wander, but somebody else caused them to get lost. You hear what I'm saying? Jesus isn't pointing a finger. God's not pointing a finger to lost coins. He's not flicking the blame onto them. He knows that they get lost. He knows they get misled in this world and blame other people for the consequences of it. He knows that, but his heart is still to go after them. His heart is still to forgive them. His heart and his passion is to go after the one that's lost. I've got another nine coins, but there's one that I'm after, and that's the one that I'm seeking. The nine I have, but I have a passion for the lost. I lost my season ticket, right? I know it doesn't mean much to you, and to be honest, it doesn't really mean much to me. It's a bit of fun, right? But it was precious. I was going to miss the match at the weekend. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault that the season ticket got lost honest it wasn't the season tickets fault that wandered off although i got very cross at that season ticket and i blame that season ticket it's not like they've got legs and walk off it's not like it's electronic it's a plastic card you know i put it on the side i put it in the same place they were there mine grace and olivia's all ready for the match at the weekend and I came, and Olivia's was there, Gracie's was there. Mine's wandered off. First port of call, Sarah. <laughs> what have you done with my season ticket? I haven't seen your season ticket. I'm like, who's had my season ticket? Girls, girls, get down here now. Line them up. Where's my season ticket? I haven't seen your season ticket. And they where's your season I don't know. And then this is really bad. This is where my mind was going. The day before, we had the the, the uh, electric people putting the smart meter in, and he picked my season ticket up, and he went, "Oh, are you a Stoke fan? No, I'm a Liverpool fan. Of course, I'm a Stoke fan. It's a Stoke season ticket." <laughs> and he picks it up. I'm like, "You got my season ticket?" And he's looking at it. I go, "Stoke mate," and we're chatting, and he, he I don't even know if he, I'm thinking, he's mislaid my season ticket. I'm like, I don't even have the number, the number that rang up with. It's like one of these numbers you can't, how am I going to track this bloke down who's got my season ticket? Somebody's had my season ticket. Who is it? I'm going everywhere. Then all of a sudden I have this thought, when that season ticket came, it was on a piece of paper and on the back of the season ticket was, you know, that sticky stuff, but it's not really sticky. It's like glue. You know, when you get a credit card and it's stuck on the paper and you pull it off, it's got this amazing sticky stuff, but it's not sticky. It's like, why isn't it sticky now? But it's sticky, but it sticks things down. You, you know the stuff I mean? That sticky, non-sticky stuff, right? That non-sticky stuff, it, it, it got one of them on. And I thought, it's stuck to something. Who's stuck to my season ticket? Sarah, turn around. Let me look at your backside. No, it's not there. Right? Where's my season ticket? Where's it gone? And then I had the thought, somebody put something on top of it, and it stuck to it. and take. And I went, oh, it's me. I put my bag on top of it. And I'm thinking, where have I been with my bag? I've been work, I've been in the car, I'm gonna to have to trace every step. Sarah looks at me and said, just ring up and cancel it and have a new one. I'm like, yeah, you're a lot wiser and brighter than me. But I want my season ticket. So I'm looking everywhere and I follow the tracks to where my bag's been and where it goes down the bottom room, it has its place because everything has a place, remember that. Right? It's there. I pick my bag up, and under the bag is my Stoke City 2017 season ticket. It was found! And there was rejoicing in heaven and in my heart. I was ready with my season ticket to get to the match. All was good in heaven and on earth. Woof! What a day that was. My weekend was nearly over. My season had nearly kaput. A little bit of fun. But here's the deal, right? Things get lost and it's not their fault. And I was getting cross with the season ticket. It's not even a person. People get lost and it's not their fault. They do. We get lost... In church, and it's not our fault. Things happen in our homes, in our church, in the world, and it's not our fault. People die, and it's not our fault, and we feel lost because we've lost someone. People in leadership lead us to a place because we trust in them, and then they disappoint them, and then we struggle to connect again because somebody's led us in in a direction we didn't want to go, and then we struggle in church, we struggle with the teachings. We can even struggle with Jesus because of what that person did. You see what I'm saying? It's not even the person's fault that they feel disconnected in church or lost. This is the deal: God goes after you, wherever you've been, no matter whose fault it is. You're like a lost coin, and He's pursuing you with all His heart. And He wants to teach you and, and come to you with such love and p- compassion. You've got to apply His teachings and do what He says. And say, look, forgive like I forgave. Do the things that I want you to do, and then you'll be found again. And He knocks on your door. Say, "Come on." Come with me. Come on, come close. Come on, come home. And we can be in church life. Is this okay? You can be in church life and still feel disconnected. All these people, 200 people on average we have, and you can feel not a part of something because of things that have affected you. And it wasn't even your fault. It was somebody else's fault. That's like the lost coin. It wasn't the coin's fault. And God knows it's not the coin's fault, but he still pursues the coin. I've got to be honest. You know, I I thought about these hundred sheep and about the the coin. And I thought to myself, what's what's precious with me? What would be precious to me other than a season ticket? And and I thought, well, let's just put it down to money. Because that's what we deal with today, money, right? If I had a thousand pounds and I lost ten, how concerned would I be for that ten pound? I've got 990 left, that's the same you know, ratio to 100 to 1. I've got 10 pound left, how, how, or would I just go, I've got 999, it's alright, don't look for the 10. Do you see what I'm saying? Or I had 10,000 pounds, and I lost 100. Would I be that bothered about the 100, because I've got 9,900? Do you see what I'm saying? My heart would probably go, it's okay, we've still got 9,900. God's heart says, no, focus on the 100. I understand you've got that, but there's something that's important to me that I want you to focus on. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm not sure my heart is like God's heart. I'm not sure I grasp God's passion for the lost like he does. I'd be very comfortable and secure in my safety of my own life that I'm secure and I'm okay. But God's heart is for the lost. And he's pursuing the lost coin. He's knocking on their door. He's going after them. He's leaving the 99 and going after the one. He knows he's got the nine, but he's still after the one that's lost. He knows it's not their fault. He knows they wander off, but he still goes after them. Do you get it? So then, in other words... I'm trying to teach us the attitude of God. If we can grasp this image and attitude, what God's like, it can help us towards those who are lost, those who have wandered, those who are struggling with offense or something that happens in church and outside of church. It can help us, gives us stories. You know, I've struggled with this, you could say. But look, this is the story. This is what God is really like. This is the truth. There's a story. Let me tell you about this story. It helps to equip you to evangelize to people. This story can help you. I don't know what to say to people who are lost or struggling in church. Let me just tell you what God's really like. This is the story. Let me show you. Let me tell you what he's done in my life. I struggled in church, but this is what I've done. But God still loves you and he's pursuing you. But you have a choice. Do you see what I'm saying? This equips you to evangelize, to go after the lost. That's what Jesus' stories are for. So people wonder, it's not always their fault. And the last one, Luke 15. Just a little bit of this. This is, this is a bigger scripture about the story of the lost son. A father has two sons, and one decides that he doesn't want to stay at home anymore, but he wants to go off, you know, find his own identity. And he kind of dishes his father, and he takes his inheritance, and he wastes his inheritance, and he disgraces his family. So this is, the, this is kind of what happens a little bit further on. But the father wasn't listening. Oh, is that where he's from? Sorry. Uh, Okay, that's fine, yeah? So basically what happens is the son then comes back and the father greets him. He says, but the father wasn't listening. He was calling to the servants, quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then a grain-fed heifer and roast it. Barbecue. Barbecue weather, yeah? This is barbecue time. This is spare ribs. It's all going on here. Then he gets a grain-fed heifer and roasted. We're going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is here, given up for dead and now alive, given up for lost and now found, and they began to have a wonderful time. You see, this isn't a wanderer who doesn't really know what they're doing. This isn't a lost coin who it's not their fault. This is someone who's deliberately rebelled, who said, I don't care anymore. I'm not doing that. I'm choosing. I know what I should do. I know how I should behave, but I'm going to do what I want. This is about their will going on their own path and not following God's path. Now, what is God's heart to this rebellious type? I don't know what your heart's like because I know at times I'm not happy when people do things and I could easily go, you know what? You've done me head in. But that's not God's heart. That's, have you seen his heart when he comes back? Get the best. Let's receive the rebellious. Now, he does repent, and he's rebelled, and he chooses to change his life. That's different than continually rebelling. He's believed in the Father. He's come back to him, and he's repented, and there's a changed life. But what is your heart like for the rebellious? Is it like God's who loves and forgives and treats them with the best? Not the second best. Still treats them with the best as you would your best friend. I don't even know if mine is like that sometimes, but I know that's God's heart because that's what Jesus teaches us. He says, this is my Father in heaven. This is what he's revealing to people. Those who are wandering and lost, I'm after. Those who are lost, coin, I'm after. Those who are rebelling, I'm after. You say, well, uh, where in the New Testament? Paul was a rebellious person and God got hold of him and changed his life. And we see transformational lifestyle you see an impact in the whole New Testament that's Paul who's rebellious you could say well he's ignorant maybe he was but he still rebelled he still killed people (laughs) so here's the heart of God God no matter what you where you've been no matter what you've done no matter where people are his object is you his object is people and it's to seek them with all of his heart it's to love them to forgive them and to be graceful with them so, first of all, we've got, we've got to carry a right image towards the lost. They wander, they get lost, they rebel, but God still loves them. It's not easy, it's hard to love people when we get hurt, but God's heart is to keep loving. Love never fails. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it says it never fails. So if I keep loving, it's not going to fail. They may not respond in the way I want them to. The world doesn't always towards God's love that's been revealed to them. But love never fails. God has not failed. Love does not fail. So we must carry a right image towards the lost. The second thing to carry is a right image, which I've touched on, a right image of of God. I recently watched. um, Have you seen the program Lost and Found? Anybody seen it? No. Blinking, I'm gonna have to explain what this is and be here half an hour. Have we got till two o'clock? But it's on ITV. If you ever get a chance, Sarah, watch. Is it called Lost and Found? What's it called? That. that, What's that program? What you you watch where where they've lost someone? Long Lost Family. Is that the one? You get it now. See, I'm a bit of a wanderer, you see. God loves me, it's okay. Not Lost and Found. Is there a program called Lost and Found? Oh, that's a cartoon, the girls. Oh, it's a song. No, I'm not singing it. No, I'm not singing it. I'm not allowed to sing. I'm not allowed. Mm -hmm. No, listen, it's a program where basically someone in there, somebody has lost somebody. Whether they've been adopted or for whatever reason they've lost someone. And Sarah often watches it, and it gets me in tears every time. They stream down my face. I sit there, and and the girls look at me like, what's up with you? (laughs) Weird. I'm like, yeah, but they were lost. Now they're found. And there was a guy on there who lost his um, mum. And what had happened, his mum had got pregnant, and then the dad had got killed in in an accident. And she couldn't cope. She was only young. She couldn't cope, and she put him up for adoption when she was young. I'm i doing that's the right story. I'm checking, right? And um, he was on there, and, and he, they, find, they eventually find about his mum. So he's been searching all his life for his mum, and he couldn't find his mum. And like Davina McCall, you know her? She's on there. She's very good. She comes in. They say, you know, unfortunately, we've not been able to find your mum. Unfortunately, your mum has actually passed away. And I was really... <sighs> He's been searching his whole life for the person who he loves. And he finds out that it's not going to happen, that his mum's died. And he said, all I wanted to know is, you know, what my mum's like. And all his life, he'd longed to know what she was like. And eventually what happens is they give, they find out that he's actually got a stepbrother. And his brother has an image of his mum, a photograph. And they take the photograph of his mum to him. And they give him the photograph. I'm in bits. And he looks at the image and he says, that's all I've wanted to see all of my life is what my mom is like. What did she look like? And then he meets up with the brother and they began to tell stories of what they're like and so forth. Why do I share that story? Because Jesus wanted to reveal what God was like God, all of his life, wanted to reveal. All from the beginning of time, when man fell, he had a plan to reveal himself. To connect man back to God. And he's never given up on us. And Jesus is the revealing of God. If you ever doubt that you're loved, look at Jesus and what he did for you. Jesus died for you. You were the lost coin, you were the lost sheep, you were the rebellious one, and he came after you. He hasn't judged you, he's forgiven you. And this is the image that God wants to give to you. And that's what we search for in our hearts all our lives. Just to look at what God is like. And to have peace in our hearts. Peace with God. That we are loved. We are forgiven. We are made right. Wow. All of the turmoil may be going on. But I am right with God. I am at peace in my heart. Peace in my soul. I can now rest. In the thing that I've been searching for. This guy had been looking for the image of his mother. And a peace came over him. He said, now I can, you know, something is fixed inside of me that I've longed for. How much more from the living God when we discover who he really is. And what he did for you. You know, David, this is Old Testament. David sinned, he rebelled, he wandered. He was an interesting character. But it says he had a heart after God. Let's read what Psalm 103. This is what David says in the Old Testament what God is like. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul. And forget not all his benefits. God's promises over your life. Don't forget them, but hold on to them. Who forgives? All your sins. Woo! Not, not, not the really bad ones and the little ones. All your sins. How awesome is that? All your sins. And heals all your diseases. We have some sick souls in this world that need healing. The greatest healing we can have is in our heart and our soul. We made well with God. Who redeems your life from the pit. Anybody been in a pit? And cried out to God. I've been in a pit and God lifted me up and pulled me out and set me free. I've never been back to that pit again. I've been set free. Praise be to God. That's what he does. David had been in a pit and God had redeemed him. He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. This is who God is. You say, well, he's not doing that to me. Well, maybe he's knocking on your door so he can begin to redeem you. He can pull you out of the pit and begin to renew your strength. Then it says, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger abounding in love and will not always accuse nor will he harbor his anger forever he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our equities it's a good job for as high as the heavens are above the earth so great is his love for those who fear him as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. That's trust in him, accept him, believe. This isn't scared of him, fear. This is like standing in awe of who he is. And, for he knows how we are formed. He knows we're like sheep. He knows we get, we get lost. He knows we rebel. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But, from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. And his righteousness with the children's children, with those who keep his covenant. And it goes on. This is the God who David grasped in the Old Testament. How much more do we have now through Jesus Christ? Who is our righteousness who makes us right and forgives us of all of our sins. Who gives eternal blessing of everlasting life. This is the God that we now serve, that has been faithful not only to David, but faithful to the whole world, to the lost. Each one of me and you, but also for those who are out there that need to hear about who God is. I don't know about you, but I don't always have a very good self-image. Anybody else? Somebody recently taught me how to do a selfie properly. We all know what selfie is. I forgot that one right, this one. You you know, you take a selfie, right? I'm taking selfies and I'm putting them online, trying my best to look cool, right? (laughs) I don't know how you smile. I put it too high, it reflects off the head. It's like, where'd you put it? And then somebody gave me a little lesson on how to take a selfie. And I felt a little bit, you know, inadequate. What do you mean I can't take a selfie? So they say, don't take it too low. Take it high up. Are you, are you getting it? Does anybody else know this or just me? If you don't, learn today. Get your phone out now. Come on, get your phone out. If it, get your phone, come on. Who's that ringing? Get your phone out now. You tried, right? Take a selfie down below. And your double chin multiplies times four. It does. It does. You do it. You take a selfie. You look really serious down below. You take it up above. You look a million dollars. This has changed my world. I look amazing online. So now I just get up in the morning and go, good morning. Look, I look amazing. Look at my selfie. Look Look how good I look. Got my pajamas on, but I look good, right? Why do I tell you that, right? Because we don't all have a good self-image. Why? Because we get it from below, not above. Are you getting it? We've got to get a self-image from above. We've got to get a self-image of what Jesus says about you. Yes, you may wander. Yes, you may rebel. Yes, you may be lost in someone else's fault. But he doesn't give up on you because his love is everlasting. You may punish yourself and beat yourself up, but you're getting it from below, not above. And it's time to get it from above. Jesus revealed the image from above. He brought it down from above, down to earth. And we need to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ the author and perfecter of your faith, not on the earth, not on people, because they won't always give you what God can give you. I think that's good. You'll never take a selfie the same again. My image is, while I see myself, is not always good. But I have a responsibility to look at Jesus and say, well, actually, what does Jesus think of me? Was his blood good enough? Was his body, his own body, God sending his precious son, was it good enough? Do I accept Jesus as my saviour? Do I accept that he wants to you know, love me, forgive me and restore me? Not just so that you are saved, but he wants to restore you. He wants to forgive you so it permeates into your soul. So the truth It's revealed in your soul. So I am forgiven. I know it in my mind. My emotions are catching up, but I'm telling them to be quiet because I am forgiven. See the difference? My selfie is from above, not below. And there's times where you feel below. There's times where you feel lost. There's times when you've lost people and you grieve and you feel disconnected and lost in the world. But if you get your selfie from above, God will carry you through that difficulty. He will help you to get through and not get lost in the lostness of what you're going through. Are you still with me? I like that selfie. Selfie from above. I felt stupid when someone was teaching me, though. I felt inadequate. I thought, I'm not good enough. Why, why, why don't I know this? But we need to be teachable and let people speak into our lives. Okay, last thing. I'm going to finish with this. You want to come up, with a sign? And we're going to finish with this. You know, three things for you two this week. After knowing what God's heart is like, God's heart towards the lost. Three, you know, ways in which we can behave this week. And the first one is this. That we love instead of our indifferences. So I'll say that again. Love instead of our indifferences. In other words, where I have no concern or no sympathy or no interest in anybody, can I, like God... Yes, I have nine things going on. I have it all together. I've got what I need. But what about the one that's lost? Can I have love towards them? Show some sympathy, some interest, some care, some compassion like God does. Are you hearing my heart? And sometimes we can be so busy in our world, and I'm not, I'm not here to judge you. Don't hear me. God doesn't judge you on this, but he wants us to have a heart for the lost, He wants us to have sympathy and understand, don't judge them. We get lost, we mess up, but have a heart for them. Second thing, this week. So that's love and then grace. Grace to people, this world like God showed us. Grace instead of judgment. God didn't judge and condemn the world. He loved the world. It's a good job he has. Otherwise we'd all be stuffed with no eternity. This week, when people do your nutting, when things irritate you, instead of quickly judging them, remember what lost sheep are like. Remember that coins are lost. Remember that people rebel. But God is slow to become angry. And I'm not saying it's easy because it's not. But if we can go to Jesus and have that selfie from above, we can show grace instead of judgment towards people. And the last one, so that's love, grace. this is probably one of my favorites is to show kindness instead of criticism. You know, I'm not always good at this. I mean, I can be quick to criticize, and but God isn't like that. God's not quick to criticize you for your faults and failures. Look at yourself and think, I'm not God's not like that. God just showed kindness to you and to me. And he wants us to show kindness to others. So this week, do something to be kind when you feel like being critical towards others. Love people, be graceful and kind. And I believe Jesus gave us these three stories and ultimately his story of the cross to demonstrate his love, his grace and his kindness we have an amazing story to tell. There are people that are wandering lost and they may not all listen. That's okay. But you have a story to tell. The greatest story on the planet of love, grace, and a kindness that came from above. This week, have a confidence and a boldness of who God is to you and do your best to show this to others I believe that's our responsibility we can't save people but we can point people to a saviour Luke 19 verse 10 says this that Jesus came to find and restore the lost that's our responsibility that we like God Pursue people, love people like he first loved us. Amen. I'm gonna pray. And maybe you're in church live, you're here this morning, and maybe you feel lost. Band, the rest of the band wanna come up. I also felt while I was preparing this as well is you know, we can we can suffer loss in our lives, we can lose people that we love and we can feel a little bit lost then because we've lost something you know and God can help us through those situations and I want to pray for people if you're here this morning and that's you and you you are suffering with grief I'd like to pray for you at the end you know come up and I'd love to stand with you me and say we pray for you through your grief it's not easy but maybe you're here this morning and you come to church or you've been to church and you've heard this message this morning about God's love It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. God is pursuing you with a love. And you can respond to that love this morning or not. You can accept his love or not. And I want to give you that choice to respond to God's love this morning. To accept God's forgiveness, God's love in your life. So as we all just bow our head, I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you love us each and every one of us. And if you're here for the you know, first time, second time, whenever, and you want to receive God's love, I'm just going to ask you, pray this prayer with me. You may have heard this before. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you came into this world through your Son. We thank you for Jesus and his forgiveness. Forgive me of all of my wrongdoing, all of my sin for being lost I receive your forgiveness I receive your love in the name of Jesus Christ Amen you know if you've prayed that prayer just show me with a hand I've prayed that prayer this morning I've prayed it so you're before God it's not between me and you it's before God just put your hand up to say I've prayed that prayer thank you is there anybody else I've prayed that prayer And before you go, come and speak to either speak to someone who you've come with or come and speak to someone with a red lanyard on. And we'll give you a book and some material to let you know what what that's about. Come on, church, let's stand. We're going to praise God. Is that okay this morning?